and gentlemen, welcome to the next episode of Final Stallion! Hell yeah is right. We're sitting here on 7-Eleven, luckiest day of the year. And we are the luckiest stallions out there because we are sitting with one and own Alex Godding, a.k.a. A.G., homie of the stallions. How we doing, A.G.? Doing great, fellas. Thank you for having me here in Spruce Studios with the stallion itself. Um, Vinyl Valerie. There she stands. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. We love it. And so, like I said, it is 7-Eleven. We are the lucky ones today because this is going to be a fun episode where we're going to be able to talk to someone. Again, AG is a music lover, concert connoisseur. <laughs> he knows his music inside and out, and I've been meaning to have him on for a while. But we're also going to dive in to an album called Intersections by Intuit Over It, released in 2013. Yep one of ag's favorite albums and i'm excited to dive into that as well club man how are we doing over there can't complain another beautiful day in toledo sun's out no rain one day we're gonna get you to good. complain one day we'll get you to complain <laughs> <laughs> awesome but yeah so ag you know so much music. I just need to like lay that out for people. Like, like I, I, I don't know about that. I would say I have a broad taste. It may not be the deepest taste, but generally speaking, if somebody plays something, I can like you know groove to it or or find something I like in it. You know, regardless of whatever gender or gender, whatever genre <laughs> it is. Well, that well that too, but more on that in a minute. All the above. <laughs> but but like you have so there's all these like music like when i go over to your place you're just playing on your jbl mixing it and there's i mean probably 90 percent i just really don't know but i'm like vibing to it and i'll be like what what is this song what is this one um but and yes and yeah no and like i and i absolutely love that about you Th that is also one of the best feelings when you're djing for some of your friends like when you're on the ox and somebody asks you like oh hey what song is this like that's always a good feeling yeah. right because it's like ooh, yeah tastemaker like maybe somebody <laughs> likes but also i mean a lot of that I, I would love to like talk to our parents or like older folks about yeah. this because a lot of music i get is just based off what like an algorithm or a playlist that somebody gives me you know stuff like that like you know mm -hmm. how different it would be from you know like watching mtv and like finding out about yeah. bands that way or like reading the magazines and stuff like that so it's crazy how far we've gone but i mean i that is a blessing in my mind because there's so much good music out there oh yeah and it's so fun to find those like deep cuts and then you're like and then it's fun as well like you just said pass it along and show people and be like i introduced them to that oh yeah exactly there's a proud feeling in it <laughs> and like there's so fewer barriers to entry now like there's so many more people making music and releasing music that you know we're living in the future is great yeah it's gnarly <laughs> absolutely yeah, that's actually interesting you say that because that is actually what I used to do probably when I was like between the ages of like eight and 12, like back when MTV and VH1 would play music and music videos, I would seriously watch those channels for hours and just be like, oh, I like this one. Oh, I don't care for that one. And just like there was one I liked, I would just like write it down and I would have this notebook just like 
full of songs that I saw on VH1 or MTV that I wrote down so I would remember them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And we like we were at the the clips or like the end where MTV and VH1 were still playing music videos sometimes. Mostly it was just like trashy mm-hmm. reality TV, but we still yeah, we still got that clip. Like we we were still able to do that. All right, you guys just flashed me back and made me think of did you guys ever have those things called hit clips? It was yes. I didn't have them. I wanted them though. I was jealous <laughs> of these. But please tell, remind the people. Yeah, what people are. don't know what hit clips are. They are just this, like it's a really small device that you just like put in your pocket. But attached to it were these like little mini like chips. They kind of looked like CDs where you could that there's probably like five or six of them attached to it. But they all were just one song. So you would go by hit clip and they would have <laughs> six songs listed by different artists and you would be like, this is the like package i'm gonna get today this is the hit clip of the day and mm-hmm. i remember me and uh, my brother had just a handful of those and i was like, always jealous th- like i just got flashback uh-huh like i want to play this one aaron carter song specifically yeah, yeah. like yeah let me throw this in or there was the the toothbrush where when you would brush it it would play a song and it would like go through i don't know if they would play like through a speaker or if it would just go through your teeth and just, like, <laughs> vibrate through your head but it was like it gave you two minutes of a song so you knew when you were supposed to be done brushing because you're supposed to brush True. With it. like i never got that either no that, now i'm just jealous like <laughs> dude music rules our world yeah no kidding. yeah i never had either of those like what i would do is once that notebook got to like 10 to 15 songs i would hand it to my dad and be like please burn this for me and i'd have to like throw him 10 bucks because you know back then it's like a dollar for every song or whatever mm-hmm. so usually i'd get a little deal because i'd have you know maybe i might have a list of 15 songs maybe only 12 could fit on the 90 minute album and then you know, so I got 10 for 12 or whatever. And then whatever didn't go on there just stayed on the list for the next time. Yeah. So you, so I'm going to bring up another flashback that I'd like to bring up with guests who are around our age and definitely were involved in it. Did you, or were you a part of the CD making club? Would you make CDs and burn them for your car in high school and uh, driving around? And so I, I was certainly burning CDs. I was absolutely burning CDs. But that was for like the CD player Walkman that I would have on the bus going to school. Yes. By the time I was driving around, I'd upgraded to the cassette tape to aux cord uh, adapter, which Ooh, never wor- which future. never worked well. But it was great because I had an old enough car that it still had a tape deck, so it's like, oh, that works out. But yeah, oh yeah, I was burning CDs. Yeah, M- making mixtapes, absolutely. That was mm-hmm. so much fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, all right, let's talk about artist ag <laughs> tell me what your spotify year in review 2021 told you like where do you find mm-hmm. yourself over the years always going back to who are just some artists that you consider top tier in your mind well i was gonna pull it up but i didn't find it fast enough first things first i'm one of those apple music weirdos okay not spotify oh, I'm, always, oh. I'm always jealous of the spotify folks because i feel like you're wrapped product like your year-end product is so much better than apple music yeah i just get a playlist of like a top 100 songs um i would say so much music from when i was growing up was stuff that my parents played um i mean like a lot of folks and also i was blessed that my parents have just great taste in music just mm-hmm. like super great taste so 
you know some of my favorite albums are like rumors fleetwood mac um the joshua oh. tree u2 yes. exodus Rippers. bob marley like yeah just like god tier albums my folks were playing those and of course they had stuff that i didn't necessarily vibe with like my dad loves rush rush is dope i wasn't exactly like running prog rock when i was eight or ten years old um <laughs> mom loves ben folds i don't know if you guys know ben yeah. folds yeah yeah um, the ben folds five. <laughs> oh yeah absolutely great band one of my earliest concerts at lakewood high school saw ben folds Damn. That's, that's a weird one that is um, random yeah <laughs> interesting venue and i would say <laughs> like like a lot of folks my taste has just changed a lot over the years that it's like listening to a lot of what my parents played then also like teenage years a lot of hip-hop and rap especially because my dad would play rap growing up as well um and now i'm like and i would say like an undercurrent throughout all of that and what i'm especially listening to now is just like a lot of indie indie stuff for the audio only listeners i'm doing air quotes there um because like I listen to indie music. I still can't tell you what it means. Like it doesn't mean independent unsigned artists. Cause there are a lot of indie artists, you know, on Capitol records or Atlantic records mm -hmm. or things like that. Yeah. But bands like death cab for cutie, the Decemberists, modest mouse. So like bigger tentpole indie acts like that um, have been like, you know, a constant stream. And then also now it's just like a lot of like, you know, sort of one-off bands or bands that you only get like, you only have like two or three other songs but it's like oh yeah i know that spacey jane song you know some <laughs> band you you don't know anything mm -hmm. about outside of you know the one or two that get put on a playlist but so yeah that i i'm kind of i'm I'm kind of all over the place with my music yeah that's sure. great I, so death cab has been brought up a lot on this podcast hell yeah like, i love that i love death cab yeah mm -hmm. they have seemed to just make an impact with the people we've had on so far so yeah awesome. and plans and narrow stairs those two albums just track one to the end just rip like oh not yeah a bad song on there uh-huh and if you can play an album front to back with no skips that's how you know it's good yeah transatlanticism mm -hmm. clap another one you should check out if you haven't heard that one that was my favorite for sure but i was lucky enough to within the span of like 12 or 18 months i saw modest mouse death cab and the decemberists all at different times in different venues and i walked away from all of those shows with the same like takeaway that it's like wow these bands are incredible and the front men for all these bands are like full-on rock stars mm -hmm. like isaac brock um ben gibbard and oh no can i get oh december says colin malloy like all the these dudes are just like captivating you know like full-on rock stars in the very sense of the term because you know indie songs sometimes they can be like slower softer and things like that but live yeah. all of those bands just yeah. brought it and it was great that like i walked away with the same feeling from all of those different shows it was, was yeah that was great. i was with you at the modest mouse one we were um posted up on the boat oh well that was yeah uh that was great a, a, a great thing about cleveland is if you if there's shows at jacob's pavilion and you're lucky enough to know somebody who has a boat like, yes. like we are um you could just go and troll in the river behind jacob's pavilion for uh for concerts and that was the audio wasn't as great i was lucky enough to i it's the venue in Columbus that changes its name every two years. The Kemba Live, I think. Kemba it's Live. Yeah, it's Kemba <laughs> now. I saw Death Cat, or not Death Cat, well, I saw Death Cab there. And I saw Modest Mouse there uh, with our good buddy, shout out John Ranney, hey. whose birthday is today. Yeah, it is. So shout, shout out, out Johnny John Boy. Um, we saw uh, Modest Mouse there, and John had John's a bigger Modest Mouse fan than I am, and uh, hadn't seen them yet. 
and they played two encores it was like a three and a half hour set total <laughs> they played like 30 songs it was just an incredible show they were they were so awesome no yeah yeah that they are a great performance mm-hmm. all around yeah and great music but all right so you mentioned uh just liking indie music and stuff and i know you go to a lot of local uh venues a lot of local concerts here so what are some great venues to see indie music in cleveland ohio or i guess just northeast ohio in general well we got we got a few options Break it down. um i i think I, I'll, I'll speak to like the big three uh that w- what i see is more like independent smaller venues that are beachland ballroom and tavern um uh, may halls 20 lanes and the grog shop and i'm coming kitted out in, in grog shop gear so um Repping it. all of which are great places to see a show and i think i just end up at shows at those venues because that's where the bands that i like play you know that's where like the smaller indie acts are playing um out of those i do have a favorite and i mean i just have a soft spot for the beachland because waterloo is a very cool very cool area um i love the fact that there are two venues there with the tavern for like smaller intimate shows and then the ballroom for bigger shows but still aren't particularly big either and a great thing about the beachland is when you can see a band graduate from the tavern to the ballroom like oh they they played the tavern last time but they got too big so now they're in the ballroom. Yeah. so like a local band colin miller we've seen do that um we saw snail mail like upcoming indie darling snail mail who mm-hmm. we saw her at the tavern uh twice or on two different occasions then i saw her at the ballroom and then last time she was in cleveland she played at the agora so for folks listening who may not be from cleveland that's like graduating from like the 200 cap venue to the 400 cap venue to the thousand seat venues or, or something to that effect Absolutely. Those, those numbers could be off not right? spot on for... so beachland certainly has a soft spot in my heart also love may halls um just i i mean gr- great vibes and also just the weirdest people there too like this last show i went to the last show i went to there was actually into it over it whose album we'll be discussing but i'm just and it's it's like more of like an emo indie punky type show and I'm just standing there and I at one point just turn and this fellow next to me is just covered in face tattoos. And I was like, damn, all right. Like, didn't, didn't expect that. Like, didn't expect that. Um, but May Halls, of course, is great. Grog Shop, to me, is in the third spot out of those big three. Um, that's not to say it's bad in any way. Yeah. But, you know, the stage could be more elevated. You know, other two are in better locations, I would say. Like, Cedar Fairmount's not the easiest place to get to. Um, but still great, you know, seeing a lot of great shows there. And then, you know, outside of those three, it's, you know, there's Happy Dog right here around the corner that just saw a great Cleveland band called the Rosies um, at a few weeks ago. Um, I've seen shows at Music Box, yeah. seen shows outside at a lot of places, whether that's, you know, like at Edgewater or things like that. Um, and then bigger venues like the Agora. I Maybe you could still call that an indie venue because it's not, you know, a house of blues or a stadium type show but but then also you know seeing like i've got a few like air quotes again for the audio listeners stadium shows uh saw you two at cleveland brown stadium uh, i think it was five years ago and i i spoke about one album that i really like the joshua tree um my dad saw you two on the original joshua tree tour at the old lakefront stadium here in cleveland nice. and then they did a 30-year anniversary tour 
for the Joshua Tree, and I went with my dad at Cleveland Brown Stadium. Awesome! That's and full it was, circle. That's it was so awesome. It was so great. And I was joking with him that on this tour they had different bands rotating in and out that are all of like a similar sound. So it could be like the Lumineers opening up one at or one day, then like One Republic opens up next. <laughs> so One Republic played it. Nice. The show at Cleveland Brown Stadium. They weren't anything particularly yeah, great. But shout out to One Republic. <laughs> so then, just wait. So then, U2 comes out. They play their first song. The uh, They're done. People are screaming. Bono on the mic just goes, shout out to the Lumineers. Oh, <laughs> it's like, even he, even he confused the different groups that were opening for him. So I, I thought that was just hilarious. The Lumineers. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh. Holy shit. One Republic's <laughs> just sitting there backstage like, fuck like, oh, shit. Bono is the shit <laughs> shout the South Park alright well when you're going yeah yeah so you mentioned the Rosies uh, what are some other bands that you enjoy that are, are that are on the come up right now in the Cleveland music revolution <laughs> well there are a few uh, certainly some I'll, I'll forget but I'll speak on the Rosies first because the Rosies so I had heard the, the Rosies is uh, like a garage or air quotes again garage rock surf punk type band um okay that funny enough i had only heard one of their songs that was like a slower more ballady kind of chill song uh and then i show up to the show at happy dog and i get there a little late and people are just moshing their faces off and like the dude is like Ooh. yelling into the mic so i'm like oh damn this is like a different vibe than i thought and i yeah. i thought about turning around and just walking out like no like i'm here like yeah. let's see played a great set they called their music lake erie surf punk which i love <laughs> nice. they played in front of a big yeah. banner that just said lake erie surf punk <laughs> and it's on their t-shirts too i'm like i need one of those <laughs> um so yeah they were just they were super great and like great energy very high energy show yeah. but yeah the rosies check them out wait so i just gotta jump in i'm Please. pretty sure if you go to the rosies uh instagram page right now there are pictures from that happy dog concert and i spy ag in the back oh there was like a mosh of like someone jumping uh like people were crowd surfing right uh -huh, yep. and ag's face is just in the back like oh shit. <laughs> i was I, I did get caught on instagram i got caught in 4k mid mosh and i'm i'm, I'm showing it i'm i'm you know like you're just like twisting I'm, and turning i'm running into somebody for sure i'm like lowering my shoulder uh so i did get caught with that <laughs> that was great um another band uh, one of our favorite cleveland bands uh is this fella named colin miller and he plays with a band called the brother nature it's like a full-on okay. funk band uh Ooh. and they that was another show that we saw at the beachland tavern we saw them just as an opener one night for a great i think they're a seattle band called the dip uh that i got from greg blanc shout out gb yeah. uh and they opened up and it was one of those scenarios where the opener is better than the headliner uh, which happens, you know, that's like fewer and farther between, right? It does happen, but isn't it, Yeah, it's definitely great. That's so, where I found uh, Goose, actually. It's oh, like, no. open it up for pigeons. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah. That it was for pigeons, for sure. Yeah, that happened, happened to me, too. Imagine Dragons opening for AWOL Nation. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> those tides turn. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Wow. Wow, they were on the same bill? I mean, it makes sense from like, yeah. like a bigger band perspective, but that's gnarly. Imagine Dragons only had one album out at the time and i don't even think it was a tour for that album <laughs> they were like still it, it was 2012 up. damn you saw them before like right before they blew up that's crazy yeah 
have you wait i'll i'll go off that tangent have you guys seen any other bands like that where like you saw a band and then they blew up because the only one for me was we saw mount joy which i, I say blew up that's relative terms but mount joy is like you know like a definitely bigger indie band right now you know they're like selling out back-to-back nights at red rocks and stuff yeah. and we saw them at the ballroom and that was that that wasn't the best show i don't want to talk shit but what <laughs> was the best show um I mean, the only one I can think of, and especially if we just did their album review, was Camp. Um, oh, yeah. Seeing those boys come up from playing, like, backyards and, like, garages at OU and, like, open mic nights to selling out Red Rocks uh-huh. and playing Wrigley Field with the Lumineers. <laughs> Unreal. Good for those boys. So, yeah, that's the one that comes to mind for me. I don't know why. I just um, – she's not really my cousin, but uh, Katie Viancourt. Shout out to Katie. She always tells me she saw – and it might have been in Toledo – bruno mars at some random club in like 2006 or seven before he was even anything and uh but that that is like yeah. one that comes to mind of like someone who i know literally saw their probably their first like go around tour mm-hmm. yeah you got any others except imagine dragons club yeah so i guess not quite to that same scale um but young the giant so I saw them at Lollapalooza 2011 and they had like the shittiest time slot. Like at this point in their career, they only had one single out my body. And so that was the only reason why we even bothered to see them. Cause it was, it was a Friday and they went on at like noon. So first day noon time slot, like, the only stages open before them were like the kids stages. And I remember just being like in shock at what I was seeing. I was like, this band is going to be way better than some of the bands we see later on in the day. And I mean, they're not like enormous now, but like if they came through Cleveland, they would probably play Agora or house of blues, like that sort of size venue. Sure. Yeah no kidding yeah so maybe colin miller will uh will blow up to that level as well but so we saw them at the tavern and then play the ballroom we were there for like their, they had an album release party that uh we we went to and the these dudes also play these guys and gals um will play for like three hours yeah. like I, I i think i may have irish exited the concert at like 12 30 uh because i had to work the next day and they were still playing but <laughs> colin miller and the brother nature great cleveland funk band um, and then another, the, the last one that comes to mind is, this is like a, a, a double for you. It's Oregon Space Trail of Doom, which I mean, with a name like that, you know they're good. But then also they yeah. have another sort of project under that umbrella, Oregon Space Trail of Jazz, which is more of like a jazzier type uh, uh, musical experience for you. But they have a, speaking of another small Cleveland venue, they have a residency right now I saw at the Winchester uh, Music Tavern which i i saw a show or two there I, I mean fine venue but i think they're playing once a month uh maybe through the end of the year at the winchester so if you're looking out or if you're looking for a show to go to that that's another one and then that just reminded me of another cleveland guy guy who would be great on the podcast um fellow by the name of ray flanagan yeah. who i saw originally play um at the blues jam night at parkview nightclub which parkview still exists but they don't play live music anymore uh unfortunately and 
I, I met Ray there and saw him play and dude rips and it's like a super blues rocker type. So I, I forget he he's with a new band now. It's still, it's like Ray Flanagan and the so-and-sos it's not, it's, I, I forget what the word is, but yeah. he, he's with a new group now. So that I would say the Rosies, uh, Colin Miller and the brother nature, Oregon space trail of doom and Ray Flanagan are all, if you're looking for new music, check those out. 100%. Um, I have actually seen Oregon Space Trail of Jazz at the Winchester. They do it in that front room. It's a free show and like mind blowing. It was the first, like, that was the first time I saw them. And then I saw them as Oregon Space Trail Doom at Grog Shop, actually. And well, yeah, gr- those guys are top tier. And it's funny, brought up Ray Flanagan. I'm working with this producer named Paul Nichols right now on my album. And he mentioned Ray Flanagan yesterday to me as someone who I just need to get out there and see and yeah. uh, is doing some great stuff in the area. So mm-hmm. yeah, very, Tal- very, Tal- very Tal- relevant. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, so, all right, let's go through the, uh, a couple more things and then we'll dive into this album. Okay. Because a fun topic that uh, you kind of brought up before we even got on was the difference of concerts and going to one of a big venue and then going to just a small venue. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what are some like things you look for in each of them? Like every time you go uh, and then preparation, AG, what do these people need for concerts out there? What are (laughs) must have at every single concert? Ooh, Yeah, that's a good topic. Yeah. No kidding. Right. Well, I mean, it's definitely like, you know, there's definitely a clear difference in going to a show at the Winchester and going to a show at the Q or mm-hmm. Romo Fijo or Romo or, Fijo, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you call it these days. Um, and, I, you know, it's certainly a different vibe between the two. Like, absolutely. I remember uh, you and I went to a show at Mayhalls. We saw a great band, another plug for a band called Hop Along, great indie band out of Philly. Um and I remember we were driving to the show and I, I don't mean to put you on blast yet, uh, Spruce, but you said, you were like, oh, I haven't been to a show at Mayhalls before. And I'm like, what? And you said, how many shows to, uh, have you been to at Mayhalls? And I'm like, eh, probably like 20. And it's just because that's like the bands that, the, the type of bands I see are playing smaller venues. And I think the bands you would see are playing larger venues yes. for sure. And the kicker for this is we walked into the show and we're standing there between the opener and the headliner and one of our buddies walks by and says to jj he's like what the hell are you doing here <laughs> and it's explaining like oh you know this isn't my usual scene but you know i'm, I'm here with ag shit you not five minutes later another guy walks by that jj does and i don't thing. know and he just goes what the hell are you doing here no. so, <laughs> i mean they're certainly distinct right and i mean it, not to say that one is better than the other but it's like you know if you're at a show at may halls like afterwards you can like go up to the merch table and talk to the people who just mm-hmm. played and you know chat with them or you know like have them sign the album or things like that um you know at the bigger shows maybe not but the bigger shows you know you can have like a crazy production value like one of one group i want to see so or group one gal i want to see so bad that i've heard such great things about live is dua lipa if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, and I'm not even yeah. like a big pop fan necessarily, but everyone I know that has seen her live, like in that arena setting is like, oh yeah, it's like the Super Bowl. Like it's, you know, pyrotechnics everywhere, three different albums <laughs> or three different outfit changes, Just you know. Oh, Dua, I love Dua. <laughs> um, so, 
sorry, I totally didn't answer your question there. I kind of said like five questions at once. I was like, did you even get any of that? (laughs) If you, if you're going to a show, especially at a smaller venue and you want to tip, um, I would bring cash instead of your card. I would call the venue, say like there's three openers and then the headliner and you're not necessarily trying to see like some of these smaller bands, like call them up. They'll tell you when folks are going on stage. Like one thing I love about Mayhalls is when you check in there and get your wristband, they will have a piece of paper there. That's like, you know, Joey and the bag of donuts playing at eight. And then hop along <laughs> is taken at nine fifteen. you know, like it, they'll break it down for you, which I really appreciate. Cause sometimes, you know, like, I'm, you know, maybe I'm not trying to stand there for four hours and including seeing some bands that I don't know, you know, like sometimes yeah. you, you just want to be in and out. Right. hundred percent. So that's a great tip. Um, or, you know, here's, here's a, here's a hippie tip. If you can't take public transit to a concert, that, that that's great. Par- parking always sucks no matter yeah. where you're at. Yes. So, how about you? Yeah. Do you, do either of you guys have concert tips that you would, uh, you, 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 you would want the people in on? Well, it depends on, I guess, if it's someone that I'm like genuinely like trying to like see and like focus on, stay away from the alcohol. <laughs> I'll start with that. Um, just uh, for multiple reasons, remembering it is one. Mm-hmm. Another is you're going like, to, once, once the floodgates are open, they're open and the dam is broken. So those, like that is definitely one. Um and then I'll just go right with the water as well. Hydrate up, ladies and gentlemen. I can't can't stress that enough here. And uh, oh, yeah. big water drinkers here on vinyl. Yes, <laughs> get a water bottle. Water a water bottle will change your life. I promise. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> with, with, with our metal. Hey. <laughs> oh man, I'm the only one that doesn't have one. <laughs> Club stringing from the trough. <laughs> He's going straight from the spigot or from the hose. He's keeping it really real. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> eliminating the cup aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess I would have to think. Yeah, but your tip about the bathroom is super important. Like, you got to know where that's at, or if you can, don't drink booze and just avoid it altogether. Yes, and then I'll do another one as well, and that I feel like I've gotten good at is you got to feel out when that last note is hitting so you could be the first people heading towards the exit so you're not caught in the mosh pit (laughs) at the agora oh man you just got to read the room and as soon as you know that it's it you just got to start head down going because getting trapped in the back of that like those those crowds is like one of the most infuriating things for me (laughs) yeah waiting to get out of a show is not fun or like i mean every clevelander knows the uh the drive out of blossom if you don't have a parking pass that you know nobody's a fan of hours nobody's a fan of that so what do you think just uh just hop into this album review i'm thinking club sison us right now club you got any tips for these people come on i've been trying to think the whole time (laughs) i mean honestly you covered my main ones my that's like my thing is like just you know make sure like you pee whatever ahead of time so that you are not missing your favorite song because you had to go to the bathroom or whatever um so i guess outside of that maybe the one tip i would say is if you're at a new venue 
do not be able, afraid to ask somebody like i guess advice like all the time like if i'm at a new venue and i'm like okay where's this where's that like don't don't waste your time just like trying to guess and figure it out ask either somebody who works there or somebody who just looks like they know what they're doing like i remember it's like dave matthews band i saw him at pine knob it was maybe three weeks ago pine knob is like a smaller version of like i guess the blossom up in clarkston michigan and there are trees everywhere to the point where like you can't really see anything except for like what's in front of you and i legitimately didn't know where the amphitheater was i'm tight on time and it would have been so easy to just like try to guess and unfortunately too there weren't people walking in one direction everyone was just going everywhere so I just like see two people random. I'm just like, Hey, where's the amphitheater and probably save myself five to 10 minutes. Yeah. It seems obvious, but a lot of people are afraid to do it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And especially like some of the people you'll just meet at a show, like, you know, if it's between the opener and the headliner, like turn around and chat somebody up. Yeah. Like, no, a show is a, a show is yeah. a great place to meet somebody a great place to meet some weird people as well yeah absolutely for sure and you just you gotta thread the needle between like chatting them up and being like a snail (laughs) because we spruce you want to tell what the story about what just happened to us at noblesville (laughs) (laughs) oh wait was there a snail sighting in noblesville there was a snail uh... honestly it might be the worst one i've ever experienced oh Oh, no get some salt and it didn't even happen to me i ignored the lady i didn't even look at her i didn't even (laughs) like acknowledge her spruce gave her the time of day and had this lady talking his ear off for three songs in a row Ooh. wait <laughs> t- tell me brutal. about this <laughs> so it was this woman um and she lost her friends and she just kept being like i don't know where everyone is and i'm like well if you want to hang out with us like feel free <laughs> uh, you know she seemed fun hanging out and then she, like every two seconds she would just like turn around and be like i just like don't know i just like don't know where my friends are and i'm oh, like no i know i get it but she just kept saying it over and over again or like trying to talk and it got to a point she's where trying like, to show you her phone where, yeah she's like office. showing me her phone and then uh we were it was in the middle i remember of uh it went from 41 uh dmv i know that's your favorite oh, yeah. that's my ag's favorite, favorite my favorite dmv song it went from 41 in the cornbread and they had this guy named joe joe lowell lower lowler um, yeah who, yep who goes on the road with dmb and tim reynolds had covid so he was out for the night so they just had a roadie come up and rip it and it was during those two songs but i remember specifically during cornbread she just kept like asking me just like those general questions like where are you from and i'm like all right <laughs> and then i said like cleveland a club from toledo and then she like started like poking club and being like oh i used to date a guy from toledo he was the worst i hate toledo and like started just like going on about all this stuff that <laughs> like we're just like like club was like okay (laughs) kept looking forward um but yeah Yeah. once after a while once i knew she did like wasn't gonna like hang out with us i was just all eyes on dave Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's ultimate snail behavior but sometimes you gotta shut the snails down like if somebody's trying to chat you up while music is being played like hey i'm not here for this i'm here for the show yeah so 
a- after I give a tip of chatting up random people, we get the ultimate. <laughs> there's a, there's so, a threshold. <laughs> hey, ba- boundaries matter. That- boundaries matter. <laughs> well, it works both ways too, though, because so like a few weekends before that show, I saw fish there, and. I was chatting everyone up because there were two nights I was sitting not with the people I came with, like in a pavilion seat. And like, I don't know, I'm the type of person that likes to get there really early. So I'm like, probably have a total of like two hours of just time before the show. And I'm just like talking to everyone like, oh, like what number fish show is this that you've been to? And like, I was right next to this dude. It was like his 48th show or something he'd been to every single show they've played at the deer creek since like 1998 or whatever was like there with his brother and then he lived in cincinnati so we're talking about the goose two-day run at legend valley the next weekend and like (laughs) incredible people Mm -hmm. oh yeah jam band fans uh some nice folks for sure absolutely that's where the snail originated from Mm -hmm. um final tip to close this out is wear shoes not open-toed shoes facts well oh, said. that would have been a great one because oh oh man no i'm uh, not gonna get into it because it's another 10 minute story but yes <laughs> yes yes and you don't want to pee on your foot yes wow okay that's <laughs> or to simply that. lose them yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's just say i've had some experiences uh-huh. yeah no kidding but um all right so I think before we get into this album review, we do have a word from our sponsors. Uh, so I would like to remind uh, listeners that this episode of Vinyl Stallions is brought to you by Glassroots Coffee. Uh, Glassroots Ooh. Coffee, coffee roaster and distributor out of Toledo, Ohio. Uh, very customer focused, uh, you know, single origin type stuff. Um, I don't have a URL handy. Is there anyone here who may know where I can go if I need Glassroots Coffee? I just so happen to know where you can go. (laughs) Glassrootscoffee.com. And it is some kick-ass coffee. Toledo, Ohio, get involved. Uh Support your local businesses, folks. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But now with the transition. So I said we're going to combine a couple of these uh, episodes. And so we've touch down a little sit down with mr ag but we're gonna dive into again intersections by into it over it an album released in 2013 Mm -hmm. uh this album was released under triple crown records in the u.s and under big scary monsters in the uk and europe what a great name for a label big scary big scary monsters this is the band's second album it holds the spot of 38 out of the 40 top emo albums by Rolling Stones. And it's only two people on this album. AG, give us a little bit of background on why you chose this album and uh, just give the people an overview of what Into It Over It is about. Sure, absolutely. So Into It Over It uh, from Chicago, Illinois is formerly the solo project of a fellow named Evan Weiss or Weiss. I'm not sure if that W is one of those V German type (laughs) things. Um, So it was a long time solo project for him where he would do, you know, like he's in the studio doing everything. And then he, you know, hires guns or hired guns for the tour. Um, I just happened to see them at Mayhalls a few weeks ago when Evan announced that they're like a full blown band now. So it's like, it's more of, you know, everybody has ownership in it now, but um, 
Evan Weiss or Vice. Damn, I should have looked that up now. Uh, yeah, I was um, at Weiss. <laughs> uh-huh. So into it over it uh, was his longtime uh, indie or indie slash emo solo project. That that is one thing I'd love to touch on. Like, what genre is this music? Yeah, um, because you know I'm I'm not quite sure. But um, no. I originally heard this album via some friends down in Cincinnati. Uh, I was just like looking through their records one night and there was one that I hadn't seen before and it was this one. This had to be not too long after it came out. Maybe this was like 2014 or 2015. And uh, one of my friends who has great taste in music just said, this is one of my favorite albums of all time. I said, yeah, perfect. So I remember I, I didn't have like a streaming platform at that time. So based on this recommendation, I bought it right there on my phone for the drive back from Cincinnati nice. to Cleveland and very like instantly fell in love like very very much enjoy this album this is one of my favorite albums of all time i listened to it today uh front to back but i've listened to it i couldn't even tell you how many times um and it is i i think it was originally sort of thought up of or thought up as uh like a sort of concept album around chicago that he was originally not from Chicago, then moved there. And that's like one one part of the play of intersections. Um, I think that's what it started as, because that's not what it ended up as. No. Like, this is very much like some very like confessional songwriting and very much like, I would say like emotionally charged lyrics. Um, I love his lyrics. And I think a lot of people will say that, you know, the lyrics are the least important part of a song uh, a lot of the time, but I very much enjoy his lyrics and um they're very introspective and i think it hit me at a time where he's writing about things like you know like um maybe aging uh and getting older doesn't always necessarily correspond with you know like the emotional growth you uh you 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 may have assumed when you were younger uh and that those two may not always be linked uh in a lot of ways like you have to like you don't work at one but you kind of have to work at the other um and it was just very yeah, I, I, I like the emotion in it. I love this, I, air quotes again for the audio listeners, I would call this like an emo revival album, mm-hmm. but frankly, I don't even know what that means. Um, because if I, I like emo music, and I think when I say that, a lot of people are just gonna like think that I like bands that scream at you. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of bands that scream at you, but <laughs> you know, occasionally, sometimes somebody will yell and that's, you know, like some like, uh, you know, some rougher vocals in that way. Um, but yeah, uh, I was interested when, when I sent you the album, I saw that same, that it was like, oh, it was on the top 40 emo albums of all time by Rolling Stone. And I'm like, oh, like, so they do call it an emo yeah. album because even before I hear whether you guys like thumbs up or thumbs down this album, I would love to hear like, what genre would you put this music in? Like, is this an indie album? Is this a rock and roll album? Is this an alternative album? Like, what, what, what do you guys see this as, as, as music aficionados? So I, I would say if I, if I can't like use a bunch of descriptor or like, you know, use a bunch of words to describe it, I would say indie pop punk because there's definitely elements of like indie rock in it i think like more musically but i definitely like the way he sings is more that like pop punk like yellow card sort of like newfound glory like type of singing but it's not like 
I guess it's not quite as punky like because some of the songs the singing kind of reminds me of like death cab or like the main drag but yeah musically i definitely see like more of like the indie alt rock so i would say indie pop punk i think that's very well said yeah no that was really well said um i'm gonna use just a word to describe them um and it was captivating is what came to mind oh that's good uh just because there was a lot of i really like there's so much tempo changes and so i mentioned there's two people on this album so evan thomas wise was is the man who does the bass basically does everything else and then um the only other person was a man nick joaquin w-a-k-i-m and he played the drums on this album um those drums blew my mind at points i was trying to follow them in a couple songs that i'll that we'll go through um but I was a great aspect of the whole album. And yeah, so captivating was the word that just like kept drawing me in by the way he sang and where the all the songs took you low with some synth mm-hmm. and then just brought you up with just that hard hitting guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like crazy layers at times, like layering the vocals, especially at the end of the last song mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm. like there, yeah. Like th- and there are times where like it will build for so long. I forget what specific song, but uh i think it's curse worth believing where yes. it like just builds for the longest time like before and it's like like screechy guitars kind of and like somebody like sustaining a note and holding it like, yeah. yeah no so, all right so let's just start so this album opens up with new north side air and man is that bass just driving the song i it was just i can't think of the exact riff in my head but i just remember sitting back and being like yeah oh sorry i wasn't on the mic for that but you you, you missed me doing air bass it was gnarly Uh. (laughs) we hum we sing every one of our album reviews i'll tell you that right yeah let's go so any lyric (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get the whole body involved like like we're like yeah like when we were making these podcasts we're like should we just do it should we like insert something should we just like talk about it and we're just like fuck it when it goes (laughs) 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 so feel free to jump in because you'll remember these more than us but Uh um but yeah great song to like set the tone for the album in my opinion again that bass stuck out like a moth and then it goes into spinning thread which like you talked about the drums yeah and you talked about pop punk clef and that's what i think mm-hmm. of with that like yeah i thought that yeah they, they, like just drive like the, those those toms like just driving the whole thing like that dude like, i wrote yeah. down those drums and it's the start of the second verse where the like yeah that drum beat just tees off and it just puts you in the fucking feel of it all mm-hmm. for sure for sure um but from there goes the one that you mentioned as well a curse worth believing with that long synth setting the tone for the song at the the beginning and yeah what a different feel all around for that Mm -hmm. yeah and that is another thing that i like about this album that it's like will go in different directions for sure but it still Mm -hmm. seems like buttoned up in one sound right like you I, I like what you said, Clep, again, that it's like there are like so many of those pop punk elements, especially around the vocals, like you said, where it's like, I don't, I don't know the vocal terms, like, you, like, maybe that's like a falsetto, but then I think of like, you know, like Dion or stuff like that. Yeah. But like, uh, like, like, <laughs> there's a specific vocal register for pop punk songs like that. And yeah. I feel like there are so many times in this album where 
that hits and curse words believing is definitely one of those where it's like that 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 vocal tone that is so common in pop punk for sure absolutely yeah i also think that um it provides like a pretty big contrast to the first two songs like i feel like the first two songs are sort of like all right here we are like here's the sound and then like a curse worth believing it's like all right now we're going to show you what we can do and you like have all these like i i feel like that song just like throws you into different vibes at like three different points i mean it's one of actually uh, i'm looking at it here it's the second longest song on the album the only one that's longer is contractual obligation and yeah like i feel like in a way like this album we'll get into it like as we get later into the songs but there's almost like three different sections and the first two songs are kind of one of those sections and then this takes you into like the second part of the album in a way And it brings us right to spatial exploration. And you want to talk about crazy drums? Go try to follow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go try to follow those on that song, because mm-hmm. my God, Nick is killing it on those. <laughs> yeah, and this is also one of those where it's like talking about like pop punk tropes, where he's like, I mean, spatial exploration, and he's talking about like fooling around in your dad's back seat or like uh, 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 on the couch when you're 17 and stuff and i'm like this and that's another thing about this album specifically <laughs> because i feel like i i don't mean to talk shit on pop punk fans or pop punk but like maybe like you kind of age out of it in a way where it's like very much like mm-hmm. focused on the you know like teen angst and things like that I feel like this album does great in like connecting you with that old type of like that. I say this as a 27 year old, like connecting you with that old, like younger stuff that you're still fresh with, but then also talking about like angst and growing up and growing older and things like that, where he talks about, you know, like, I, I forget what song it is, but uh, it's like, Oh, it's on new, new, new North side air where he's like, uh, hung up on aging but letting my age start to show i'm sorry i promise i won't sing anymore <laughs> sorry sorry to the audio listeners there um but yeah that like and i feel like um spatial exploration is one that is very much like that that connects with like you know that 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 pop punk sort of canon where it's like you know we're we're talking about being young and being teenagers and trying to figure shit out absolutely mm-hmm. and um so i like how club was like saying how it's divided into parts because at least for me so as we get towards the middle of the album the middle of the album rocked me like 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 that is where i just thought like a lot of the golden jumps were and it starts with uh favor and fiction mm-hmm. and you mentioned the multiple voices and uh, you mentioned the last song but in this song it stuck out those voices are like it's, it's just so essential having those background voices and i don't know why the first artist that came up to it specifically with this song but the to- like how he sung it and the tone of his voice reminded me of the bare naked ladies oh really why wow. <laughs> I, I don't know why <laughs> i guess i'll have to go back but uh, i like write notes when i first go through all these albums and uh-huh. that was just like I don't know the voice, the, like the like the way he sung, just immediately went to that band. Would you say it's more like based in the tone of it, based in like it like it is layered vocals? So I I think yeah. of like 
I think of acts where, you know, it's very clear that they had the singer layer some vocals. Like, I mean, I think the big example for me is Nirvana, where it's like, like they had to convince Kurt Cobain to use ADR. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching an interview with Butch Vig uh, talking about Nevermind and like they had to convince Kurt to use ADR and he goes oh well John, Le John Lennon doubled his vocals and, he and, and, then he, and then he signed on so he's like that and that I also get with this where it's like he's very clearly singing multiple parts and they'll merge them together as well and I think that that's mm -hmm. just like so good and I think it's like I, I, I think this album is now I'm not nearly as, you know, musically inclined as you two, but I feel like the production value is like pretty good. And like, oh, like yeah. there, there is certainly good engineering for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and this one particularly too, like, I think the guitar playing is super clean. Dude, you'll find that a lot in some. So like, let's just keep going down the shaking leaves. Mm -hmm. talk about stellar guitar playing on the acoustic yeah like, and like this is the sorry to get in front of you but it's like acoustic this i think was the lead single from the album okay and not that this is the most dissimilar from the other songs but like there isn't as much acoustic guitar on this no. but dude shreds it like 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 you said clap i love your use of that term clean like i thought the acoustic on this was so clean it was, and that jam at the end, honestly, put this easily in the top three for me on this album. There we go. I, th I think that's a goal with the uh, with the uh, with the single as well. Absolutely, but, uh, yeah. I had no idea that it was honestly the single, so I'm hooked. They, <laughs> marketing team, good for you. <laughs> shout out, shout out, Triple Crown Records. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or or big scary monsters, big scary monsters <laughs> in the UK. I also love that. I am learning about this album as we do this. Like I had no idea Big Scary Monsters released yeah, that again. Well, I mean, that's what's fun that. about doing these is to like go on and just do the most minimal amount of looking, but be like, oh, okay, like wow, why does this have to be released under two different record labels, one in the US, one in the UK? Mm -hmm. And then we could make a whole other episode about that. Like yeah. it's just fun to dive into that wormhole and and that's a that's another thing with indie music too, where it's like the record labels will have a defined sound way less than like in Atlantic or a Capitol or whatever. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Where like, these are these big umbrellas that are going to have a million different acts. Like an example is run for cover records, which I think is out of Philly. They may be out of New York or hell, maybe Boston, some East coast, East coast type, uh, type label that does like a lot of like indie rock and sort of like punky type stuff that we listen to. And it's so nice when you like a band, then you find out what label they're on, and then you find other bands on that label that it's like, oh, I like Marietta. Oh, Fourth Wanderers are on this label too. They're great as well. And like, that is, you know, super helpful. And when you also, you, you guys are big, I mean, you're the Vinyl Stallions. I mean, you're vinyl collectors. Mm. I've got a total meat and potatoes uh, vinyl collection of like, you know, 10 or 15 albums. But when you hear people that are really into vinyl and have, you know, like tens, hundreds of records, they'll be like, oh, yeah, they put this out on, you know, Daptone Records, you know, back in 04 when it was still running. And I always find that fascinating hearing people talk about vinyl because they'll just be like, oh, yeah, this was on, you know, Bag of Donuts Records. And it's like, and, and how the original do you know pressing that? Exactly. That. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's our main man. Clear. Mm -hmm. Well, see, that's interesting you say that because that 
is honestly probably the one part of the vinyl I pay attention to the least. I always know if it's like a repress or an original, and I know always know what country it was released in. Mm-hmm. But that's something I'm gonna have to start doing is paying attention to the actual like label that it's out on. Mm-hmm. So what it sorry this just as, as wants me or makes me want to ask like a million questions to you on vinyl so i'm only going to ask you two of them um how many vinyl records do you own clap probably somewhere between 200 and 250 so like a decent amount but not like crazy or uh-huh, like, not, like not ridiculous <laughs> yeah not five thousand in milk crates in the in, in the uh in the garage for sure like that that yeah. is uh-huh, that's badass and then also like if you're if you're looking at an old album and one's in mono and one's in stereo like wh- wh- which one are you getting Ooh. or do you not have a preference because also i've been at record shops you know like th- thumbing through and there'll be like a mono and a stereo and it's like i don't even know like uh-huh I know it's, you know, the sound is going to be the same coming out of both speakers as opposed to like being like more dynamic. Mm-hmm. But yeah. also I, I'm hard of hearing uh, in my left ear. So there were times where I would remember where like stuff would be in stereo and it would try and go back. Like if I have my earbuds in, it would go back and forth between. And it's like, oh, it would just cut out when it's over here on the left. <laughs> or like I could barely hear it. Yeah. So maybe I, I almost like the mono pressing even more. I would tend to say mono too, because typically if both options are offered, the mono is going to be the original way it was mixed and all that. And stereo is going to be somebody coming in after the fact. And so like, that's always my thing. Like if I have two in front of me and like one is from like 1970 and one's like a repress from 2010 like i'm gonna take the original all day so it's the same thing because i i just want to get like how it was made at that time like how it was mixed and mastered at that time with like as little alteration as possible so i would go mono not necessarily for the difference in sound but because you know you're getting the original mix Mm -hmm. yeah definitely makes sense for sure and that's one thing about getting albums like this like if i went to my mind's eye or um what's the one over here on the house house yes <laughs> um if i went there they probably don't have this album on vinyl but then also i've had times where i've gotten i think it's like two or three vinyl albums like via an online store unfortunately mm-hmm. every time they've come broken because it's like you know they ship like flat pack like this and it says fragile do not bend all over it and then Mm -hmm. you know whether it's somebody at the postal service or parcel service or wherever it's like it's folded into my mailbox at my apartment i'm like oh well and then you open it up like that has happened to me on multiple occasions to the point where i just don't buy vinyl online anymore to where it's like i just can't like i i just don't want to deal with this you that's know crazy that's mm-hmm. happened multiple times yeah yeah because then you got to put in a like you'll you could get your money back but you gotta you gotta put in a customer service ticket uh-huh. email back and forth with somebody for two days and then well, sometimes i guess it depends on where you get it from you got to pay the return shipping mm-hmm. so then at that point it's like you've bought two vinyls anyway exactly so. <laughs> yeah that's mm-hmm. crazy 
All right, let's keep working down this because I were hitting home with another one in my top favorites, Upstate Blues. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. This one you. is my favorite. Oh, album. Party Indie. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. <laughs> and I think he's from originally, like, I know the band is out of Chicago, but he, I think, is from Connecticut um because he'll talk about connecticut on songs and he has a song on another album called connecticut steps um so i i, I maybe that's a connection to upstate new york like yeah you know but, absolutely but yeah the chorus know. hits home with that party and just everything we love putting party in front of every genre ever <laughs> like like, <laughs> like like when it gets going whoo it's party <laughs> uh, but yeah so from there it goes into no amount of sound oh which i mean this is like definitely like a vibe switch um but i also love this as like like that droning i don't know if it's guitar or synth that's how not musically inclined i am but like you know just the, like that sustain like holding one or two notes and like it almost sounds eerie in that way and also this like I may, maybe i'm just reading in the lyrics too much but it seems like you know like there's this person that they want to like sort of come back in a way or like you know whether you know who knows why but um you know i yeah very much enjoy this one it's it's i because it's like kind of chill and then it just is very heavy and i listen to them on my speakers downstairs pretty loud and when it gets to that heavy part i was getting rocked everything was like shaking <laughs> i was like holy crap like they bumped up that bass on that mix oh i love that very nice. And then we go and do a nice one with some xylophone, a pair of matching taxi rods. Uh, th this one just rips. Like, like this is the one that is like possibly the most punk that it just like fucking goes, you know? And um, yep. like very clean guitar. I, clap, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take that and use that for this whole album. Use it just the phrase clean, clean guitar, like very much so. Um, but yeah, and like that, that that's another one that's like you maybe again just reading the lyrics like it seems like just angry and mad at someone but then also like oddly like disappointed in a way but like yeah like the the drums i i, I don't want to sing again but like let it, the, let the, it the, the, the drums switch up at the end and it's like so you severed all contact <laughs> anguish phone lines are down all right that was the last one because that one yeah. was especially bad like that just fucking goes like that that is very much one where it's like, you know, the, it, it's like any album. There's slow songs and there's fast songs. Like, that's one where it's like, all right, like, this rips. And that's one where I, I'd love to, at the end of this album review, talk about, like, g give a review of the concert I just saw. But I don't think it was that specific song. But there's some of these where, like, them playing live just ripped. Like, it was just, like, you know, nice. like, it, it, it was punk rock. It was, you know worth the price of admission for sure and when he saw them how many people did they have on stage they had four so they had uh, a bass player uh evan uh another guitar player and then fellow behind the drum kit and the a couple of the guys were in one of the opening bands so it's like evan is like the number two guy in one of the opening bands so i was like oh this dude's like going mm -hmm. and throughout the tour he's playing two sets a night wow like, that's crazy that is, what a machine <laughs> but yeah at, at the end i'd love to talk more about that concert absolutely mm -hmm. yeah. well, all right we're going into the double digits we're going to the fourth quarter of this album with obsessive compulsive disorder and this is where sorry to interrupt but so at the beginning i said there's like 
in my opinion, like three sections of the album. I think this song is where you're in section number three. Like you, you just got like smacked in the face by that middle from a curse worth believing through a pair of matching taxi rides. And then we got the last three, not to say that none of these smack you in the face. Don't not to say that these don't smack you in the face, but the vibe changes a little bit. And like, you can tell like, all right, we're wrapping it up. Yeah. He's trying to land this plane. Absolutely. And that is mm-hmm. definitely like, and not to cut this one off, but like, especially with the next one, like your antique organ to me, antique organ is like the, if I had to have a least favorite, it'd probably be that one. Because I also think that this one is like the sound is most different. Cause it's like, I don't even know what that instrument is. Like whether that's like a harpsichord or what, but it's like, or shit, it's probably an organ. Damn. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's embarrassing. But um, I totally get what you mean, Clap. Like, it's like he is trying to land this plane. Like, we are we are going to wrap it up. Speaking of landing, there's one uh, lyric that I wrote down from Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. And it, he says, fallen in focus before landing inside of a blur. Oh, shit. Get metaphysical. Maybe. Talk about OCD. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it goes there. And then like uh, AG just mentioned, your antique organ. Um, I want to say it's like the last lyric, the way he says it with the drums and like noises going on in the background. I like when I'd like rewind it and be like, what did I just hear? It was just so big. I forget what that last lyric was, but go listen to that again. Um, and then from there. We got number 12, the final one, which is contractual obligations, pulling it all together. Which I I think I may have said that a pair of matching taxi rides was my favorite. I think this one's my favorite. That this one just ends up being like, I don't know if you're uh, low battery. You may. No. Sorry. There were technical difficulties here in Spruce Studios. Stallions need a charge. (laughs) So I love this one, especially just based on like the... (laughs) like the layered stuff at the end because it's like if this is what like damn near a seven minute song um yeah longest song on the album uh uh-huh i swear like the last two and a half three minutes are just that like the layered vocals and then like going through and like i I especially love at the end where they cut out all the music and it's just acapella layered lyrics Mm -hmm. like i just think that that is Mm -hmm. like oh like this album ends so well and i wonder if that's one reason why i like this album that like once it ends i'm like oh hell yeah like like that i i listened again today um and once that was done i was just like damn i really do love this shit and i'm really glad that like i like one reason i chose this album is because it's like i maybe i'm putting you guys in a box i wouldn't necessarily think that this is in like your wheelhouse normally yeah 100 so like once that was done i was just like damn that was a good choice like yeah. th- like this shit is good no, you're immersing <laughs> at least for myself yeah into some new music that i probably like you just said wouldn't have really heard wouldn't have given and listened to we say it every time we do an album review but listen to it how it's supposed to be listened to in the order it's supposed to be listened to is yeah. mm-hmm. always great to hear because it's purposeful mm-hmm. um but yeah, overall kick-ass album, AG. Great choice. Again, Intersections by Into It, Over It. Mm-hmm. Fantastic choice. I'm glad we were able to dive into that bad boy. So I'd love to hear from you guys. First of all, just simply thumbs up or thumbs down. I think I think I know your opinion. I'm giving it a thumbs up. Oh, you already that's know. for sure a thumbs up. Yeah. Okay, bet. Um, 
And would you guys listen to this again? Like, was this like a good experience, like for the podcast, but maybe not like, you know, I'm not going to like, you know, bump this, you know, like I said it before already, the middle of that album surprised the hell out of me. Like that whole section of, I don't know, tracks five through eight or something um what absolutely and i think we already have the entire thing added to the stampede shuffle um yep. before this Took was even that earlier today. so <laughs> so oh, hell yeah so <laughs> we will be listening to it because they always feed us the new stuff whenever we shuffle that there uh, we go playlist so. i love that and all the, just the curation yeah like <laughs> influencers over here yeah. i love that shit stampede shuffle we're nearing yeah, four thousand no, i I, I totally would. I would even like, I would check out another one of their albums too. So yeah, if you, they, they have what it looks like four. Mm-hmm. They should have four uh, full ones. Yeah. I think the next proper one even... intersections, standards and figures. So yeah, are there any of those that you'd be like, all right, this is the second best of those. I do have a second favorite and it is proper. Um, okay. Now I think if that like the 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 critical darling of those would probably be standards. Now I do like standards, but proper is a great one, and proper is also like maybe more my my speed or my sound, like what I'm looking for. Because proper mm-hmm. is like punky, like very yeah. very much like oh I just like I oh I forget what, uh, here I can look it up. I have a computer um, here on on this futon. Um, I forget what the name of the the intro song is on proper, but it just starts out, and the first thing you hear are drums. Like, oh man, if you love the drums, you would listen to. God, All right, I, okay. I'll dive into some proper. Yeah, I'm gonna take a moment and uh, look up whatever. Oh, it, it it's embracing facts. The song is called Embracing Facts. It's less than two minutes long, and it just starts out with nothing, and then it slowly builds up a drum. It's like. Oh yeah, you. If you like the drums, you would very much. All right, I'll have to give it a whirl. I'll have to give it a whirl. Mm -hmm. Um, But all right, so you mentioned that you saw them very recently as well. So yeah, give us a quick uh, just highlights of those concerts uh or of that concert. So this was the last concert that I've like the the concert I've seen most recently. Um, Saw them at May Halls. uh, Got there. There was a band that opened up for them called Pool Kids which is like very much an emo band. Like I would call them like mm-hmm. emo pop or math rock. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know how into the weeds you guys are. I've um, heard these terms. Yeah. <laughs> math, math rock. Yeah, very math much. Rock. In... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, bet. But like, I, I just like, <laughs> the, I like that music. I love when like folks are tapping, like, you know, they slide two hands up the neck and they're just going like that. Like that's, yep. that's just insane to me. And this band, pool kids and they're coming back uh to cleveland in i think september or october like i've already bought my ticket to go see them again they're they're opening up for another like larger indie or emo band like i'm so there they were great um this was also a situation where a lot of folks were there for the opener and just the opener like Hmm. people were going for pool kids and then those folks weren't even there for oh damn it was like damn um a funny thing about the Intuit Over It set was they play their first song and there's this dude just in the back in like in the back of the crowd 
and he just has like a gravelly voice i'm sorry i'm trying to look at my levels not blow out the mic when i do this but he just goes hell fucking yeah <laughs> and then that started like 10 people in the crowd it was just like a cacophony of it It was like hell fucking yeah hell fuck hell fucking yeah and i'm just like this happened i shit you not this happened over like like after multiple songs until we're like oh yeah three- you hear that once like you gotta send it after everyone oh exactly right and then we're like three quarters of the way through the show and evan just goes who's at their first into it over at show and i just go i put pick up pick up my hand i'm like you know i'm right there i'm like five feet away from them i pick up my hand and just go whoo and i swear i was the only person that was there at their first show. and he goes all right well i'm gonna explain why everybody's saying hell fucking yeah and he's like we were doing a show this had to be at least six years ago if not more but we played the grog shop because they played the grog shop a few times and i guess after their first song some dude just like that like in the back of the crowd was like hell fucking yeah and Evan just goes i mean that could be the best thing to hear after you play a live song like that that could be the highest form of affirmation um yeah so then so then i guess throughout that whole show people were saying it and now every time into it over it plays in cleveland because i'm you know i'm guessing the same people are going to the show right every time now it's hell fucking yeah and the bass player on stage goes i'm in the fucking band i didn't know why people were saying that like (laughs) because you know he joined up since it's not a solo project anymore so this guy's like i'm in the band i didn't know why people were doing that's a great story Uh but overall it was a great show they only played like one or two songs from this album but still they ripped it was awesome uh there were like grubby punk kids there um you know like folks with face tattoos and whatnot shout out out. uh it was great you know it was good enough i will uh i will put it this way it was good enough to where i bought the poster from the merch table at the end of the show and it is hanging on my wall kick Um, ass mm -hmm. so that that, that's how you know it's good if you if you if you bought the poster so merch tells all Uh uh-huh facts except for the slugs or the snails who show up with the poster tube. Oh, oh. oh the That's kind of gnarly. The Nick- tubers. <laughs> they got a name too. I love that. Nick Cage style. Stealing the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you see those at the Dave show. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah, I was sniping some pics. But it's funny. Like, one, one thing uh, about that is I remember seeing Dave and I would go, like, check out the merch table. And the posters would already be sold out. Oh, yeah. Showed up. Because they do it's like a crazy. Of, yeah, like 50 to 100 maybe. And like, you know, folks are going, like we said, with the tubes uh, to specifically get those posters. I saw one on eBay from a Dave show I went to in 2009 here in Cleveland. And it was because they're all custom posters for each show. They did mm-hmm. one of the Guardians of Transportation for it. Oh, so it's cool. a Dave poster from a Blossom show with one of the Guardians on it. And I looked on eBay and hundreds it was 150 dollars. buy it now so i just made the offer i was like hmm, maybe he'll take it and i offered him 25 bucks because you can just like type yeah. in an offer. so i offered 25 bucks this person wrote me like a four paragraph response 
as to how <laughs> as to how disrespectful my offer was that it's like how dare you this is a limited edition pressing of 150 i had to sprint to the table to get like this that and the third as, like, yeah. like 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 i insulted their mother or something and i was like all right maybe i don't need a dave poster like maybe maybe, <laughs> no, maybe that's what it's those people are crazy it's They'll only have... worth what someone will pay for it yeah. so maybe they need to rethink their pricing well said <laughs> i like that yeah no they will uh people who have lawn seats or like any seat that really doesn't matter basically like like the pit will just stand out front for hours and hours and just run straight to the merch table when we're yep. stallions out here running to uh get the best seat in the house uh-huh. um, i'll never forget this my first dave show was in noblesville indiana last year and so me and my buddy we are legit like the first people at the gate and we had pit tickets and we did not give a single fuck about any of the merch. We got there that early because we wanted to get the best possible spot. And so like, if you've been to a Dave show, like, you know, like there's this fan club warehouse and they get in 30 minutes before everyone else. So mm-hmm. of course they're going to have the best crack at the best pit tickets. And so we're waiting in line. We're talking with the people around us none of them have pit tickets they are all there for the freaking merch and it just blew my mind we we ended up getting up to like the third row and it's because everyone just wanted the merch and didn't yeah. care about the pit spot because folks are going on that ebay resale and it's like oh yeah th- th- this is an investment here yeah, yeah. not even for themselves uh-huh. i yeah, also it's... remember at my first dave show i was i was 14 maybe i was 15 but me and the boys went to the merch table, all bought the tour shirt and immediately put the tour shirt on. So it was like a group of like yeah, four, 14 year olds with the Dave shirt on at the Dave show. That was ready uh, break. You know, that was, uh, <laughs> that was some awkward, teen, Dave. that was some awkward teen years right there for sure. Hey, it's <laughs> Did right. you ever have anyone offer to pay you above what the poster costs if you buy them a poster? <laughs> wow i've never heard of that but i mean it makes sense right like i had a guy offer me because like they cost 60 bucks and i had a a dude say i'll give you 80 if you go and get the poster for me and i was like no i'm i'm going out there like i'm not waiting in the merch line you've got bigger (laughs) fish to fry than making this dude uh some money i don't care about your 20 bucks yeah exactly (laughs) so well sheesh sheesh I said we were lucky at the beginning of this talk (laughs) because we were going to dive into two different aspects. But with that concert review, we have now hit the trifecta and hit every single aspect of Vinyl Stallions in one episode on 7-Eleven. Oh, great work. We should call this the hybrid. (laughs) This is is everything. This Uh is the trifecta. Oh, I love it. Or the triple crown for the horses. Oh, there it is. See, (laughs) this is innovation. I love this. All right. right. Yeah, wait. When we post this, we should seriously, this is a new type of episode, a triple crown episode. Triple crown episode. Oh, hell yeah. But no episode is complete without the ultimate question that we ask every single guest. Uh Uh-oh. AG, in your concert experiences, what is the most memorable, bizarre, strange thing you have seen happen to you or happen to someone else, happen to the artist on stage? 
anything that comes to mind that is memorable or something that sticks out to you in your years of concert going all right maybe this is bad we may need to cut this um <laughs> no it, it, it's not bad it's i remember a dave show i went to dave it, oh i suppose it wasn't 2009 i suppose it would be 2010 i went to dave five years in a row um throughout high school and then early college Oh so, yeah. I I mean I I love Dave Matthews band. Great, great band. Uh don't listen to them as much now. I kind of like for lack of a better term, like got it out of my system. But I remember at one of those Dave shows, like we were like, you know, we were like dumb high school kids, you know, trying to like, you know, sneak beers and stuff like that. And then I remember distinctly, like I was young. There were people that were younger than me, like just falling over just yeah. like and i mean like that's a blossom <laughs> concert too like kids you know like like uh like uh sneaking like you know the little bottles and stuff like that but i just remember that there was a gal like we were just on the lawn we just get lawn tickets and there was like older folks that were like kind of like monitoring these uh young kids for sure and it just ended up that like they like ended up chatting and then at one point like this older lady goes off with one of these like young kids that are like way too drunk. And then they come back and these kids are sitting behind us. He goes, I just got laid in the porta potty. (laughs) 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 Which is very blossom, which is very, which is very, very blossom. But it's like, and I mean, I also have seen things like, Oh, I felt so bad. This was a funny one. So we walked into Dave. And you go down and like once the lawn opens up at Blossom, uh, there are like a few trees there. And there was a, this poor, the concert hadn't started yet. This poor dude is asleep, passed out, like oh, no. <laughs> leaned up against the tree. And he's like, he's like double my age at least. Like he should not be doing this, right? <laughs> and I was dumb. Like if I could take this back, I wouldn't do this, right? But I just walked up to him and immediately just like popped the selfie with him. Like you're over like the grave. (laughs) Exactly. Like and he's like asleep, and I'm just like taking the selfie with him. And it's incredible. Then there's this woman on the other side of this tree, and she just goes, Oh God. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Do you know him? And he goes, Yeah, that's my husband. Uh (laughs) I was like, Do you want me to delete the photo? She's like, nah, that's fine. (laughs) Get your husband an ambulance. Oh, yeah, amber lamps. Amber shmams. Oh, then, that's not oh, yeah. bad at all. Then you offered to delete the photo and everything. That's mm-hmm. fair game. <laughs> I, I don't have it on this phone, but if I go into my iCloud, oh, I, I, it, I would love to see if I still have that'd that. That'd be hilarious to see. <laughs> well, hell yeah, I know those are like, some pretty crazy answers and adds to our great list of most memorable experiences. Oh, yeah. Pe- people let loose at concerts, you know. You see, like, you, you see people in rare form for sure. Honeybee, so. yeah. yeah. Honeybee. Yeah. Mm-hmm um yeah this dead and company concert which would have been the most recent one i was at there was this dude i've never seen anything like this but according to the person i was with this guy is at fish a lot too and he's seen this guy at fish this dude is wearing just like this super super colorful dress has like all these like neon glow sticks just like like around his arms and stuff and is just like spinning in a circle blowing bubbles at the top of the hill and i kid you not he did this the entire show and i was like how did he not get dizzy i like (laughs) me doing that for like three minutes i would have fallen over and he whole show not a single break other than when they took a break 
I couldn't Damn. believe it. <laughs> this dude's built different. I mean, maybe you, maybe you like build that up over years and years of just going to concerts. At least there's years years of practice. <laughs> oh, good for him. I hope he's doing well. Yeah, yeah he's still Me spinning too. to this day. Legend has it. <laughs> <laughs> he's our um, inception spinner. Yeah, he's our totem. As when long, when yeah. he falls over, we know it's real. Yeah. <laughs> we shall call him the pine knob spinner. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. We're just build, building into the lore of, of Vital Stallion. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Our roots grow deep. Extended universe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll continue to elaborate and build on it next time we have you on, IG, because you will be coming back on because this was a kick-ass convo. Oh, appreciate it. Recurring guest, friend of the program. You know, very, very much appreciate your time and having me the on. The first triple crown. First oh, triple crown that. winner, Alex Gaudin. AG, one more time, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. You see him out and about in Cleveland. Say what's up, uh-huh. but not for too long because the music is most important, <laughs> as always. Thanks. Uh, well, besides that, my name is Bruce. I'm Alex. Uh, and this has been another episode of. Vinyl Stallions!